Hello and welcome to this episode of Superhero Ethics. Today, myself and Paul Hoppy are going to be talking about celebrity culture. We're going to be talking about why do people get so invested in trials of celebrities? How do people feel about threatening violence against people who make content you don't like? And we're also going to have a moment to talk about Paul listening to some old episodes and asking some questions. All that more after a commercial break that... I think Kathleen Kennedy might have control over because people think she controls everything. Oh, no. Welcome back to Poker and Podcasts. Dad, 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 slow down. Slow your roll there. We are going to be talking a lot about Poker and Podcasts, but this is not Poker and Podcasts. This is the Superhero Ethics uh, Podcast. I am Matthew Fox. They, them pronouns. I am Paul Hoppy. I also cool. prefer they, them pronouns. I'm just going to say that. There you go. That's fine. That's it, fine. It's it's a very mild preference. I mean, it's going to be the two of us talking to each other, so I don't think we're going to use too many pronouns, but, you know, good, good to let people know who we are. True. You heard Paul talk about something called Poker and Podcasts. This is an awesome thing Paul has been doing recently, and it's going to be a big part of what we talk about today, where po- Paul has been going back in time, um, listening to old episodes of this podcast, the original episodes of this podcast, back before we had discovered crazy technology like audio editing, um, <laughs> and listening to what uh, what we talked about then while also playing some poker and making some commentary because he knows that it's perfectly safe for him to critique everything I do because I'm not there to defend myself. Well, now I am. So we are, are going to talk about a lot about that. Definitely those things are awesome and worth checking out if you go to youtube.com and uh, uh, actually, well, let me let me let Paul say that. Paul, how can people find Poker and Podcasts? Sure. The easiest and only place to find it is <laughs> at YouTube. Uh, my username there is Zen Madman. And if you are watching this video, hi. Hi, YouTube. Um, although if you're watching this video live, hello, Twitch. Uh, yeah, it's like youtube.com slash user slash Zen Madman. And mm-hmm. eventually we'll get rid of that slash user once we get like 100 subs. Um, yep. Adding, you know, subscribing is super helpful, whether you watch the videos or not. And you can have the notification bell turned on or off. But yeah, it's basically just me sitting there playing a couple t- tables of poker, listening to old podcasts and pausing it to say something that then I unpause it and hear my past self saying the exact same thing. Some of the time. It's kind of uncanny how often that happens. And then sometimes the opposite. I'm like, what was I thinking? (laughs) Basically, we've we've decided that uh, audio is not enough. We're trying to conquer the visual airwaves as well uh, with, you know, 30 subscribers at a time. But yeah, so on YouTube, on Twitch, on my own TikTok channel, The Ethical Panda, we're starting to put clips of that stuff. If you're just a podcast subscriber, that's fantastic and wonderful. And we're very welcome to have you here. But also... Check out YouTube, check out Twitch, even if you're never going to watch again. If you can drop a subscribe in either one of those or subs- and or subscribe to The Ethical Panda on TikTok. But the YouTube is by far the most important. It's going to really help us to give you all more content of the kind that I know you love. So we're going to talk about some of those things that have come up from some of that, including some ideas about fear and poker and how movies change when their sequels have come out, as well as um, someone daring to critique the fantastic naming uh, conceits that I use for, for episodes. <laughs> But I want to start, Paul, by asking you a question as we get into the celebrity culture idea that we're going to get into. Because, you know, celebrity and fandom are things that, that come up a lot. It's a question I am being asked fairly often. I don't really have much of an answer to you, but I'm curious you do. What do you think of the Amber Heard-Johnny Depp trial? Is is this a thing? That's Okay, I, I, I know it's a <laughs> thing. Um, so I was thinking about this episode 
and mm-hmm. thinking, is there a way to not have this episode have the explicit tag? Because I can't figure out why the fuck I should care about <laughs> most of these things. And you can you can edit that if you want. But honestly, it just like you know, the I remember the OJ trial when mm-hmm. I believe I think we were both in high school at the time. I I definitely yeah. was. Um and I remember like the verdict being announced while I was at school and I was just like I like I don't w- understand why this is so important to so many people and I understand yeah. there's a lot of, you know, societal issues that are underpinning some of these things and people see parallels to their own mm. lives or to to things going on in the rest of the world but like overall it's just like these are things that are a very big deal to these people but like that it has nothing to do with any of the reasons that I've heard of these people, right? Right. Like, if you're an actor, I don't want to know anything about you. Really, literally, right? Mm-hmm. Like, your job is almost to not exist in a way. But right. our, our, you know, the world we live in has twisted it so much that, like, the stories around the actors end up being as big as the stories that the actors are, you know, portraying on screen. And to me, it just has it – it's just so backwards from – you know, like my understanding of like what an actor does. And I I find it very annoying. Yeah, I can understand that. I think I I am at times a little more interested than you are, primarily for kind of the reason you talked about, about the kind of when it has social implications or when there's kind of like larger, it's either a microcosm of larger issues or things like that. But as well as because I I do think, and this is an area where we may disagree somewhat or we may have some agreement, you know, the more I know about some creators may affect how interested or not interested I am in, in, you know, consuming their products or giving them right. money or things like that. Um, but I, let's start with that. Cause as I see it, I think there's kind of three core reasons why people often pay attention to these celebrity trials or celebrity gossip or whatever it is. And the first is kind of just a kind of voyeuristic, like and that, that sounds like a very pejorative term. And I, I, I am being kind of pejorative about it, but I'm trying to maybe come up with a bit more neutral way of describing it. We kind of like a, you know, we see these people all the time. We know about these people. We want to know more about them, including, you know, I think that for many folks, there is a kind of thrill of learning something that you're not supposed to know. Mm. You know, that the, the person who, and, and we'll talk about that, the kind of, I'm going to call it voyeurism, but if someone has a better non-pejorative term, please let me know. The second is the kind of questions about how do knowing these things or not knowing these things have any effect, if any, on where we decide to spend our dollars, what we decide to focus on, things like that. And then the third being like when these issues, when the issues that celebrities are going through are kind of microcosms of of things that a lot of people go through. Um, so let's start with that first one. Um, why do you think it is that for so many people, like my understanding is that like the, I think it's Court TV, I don't know, but whatever it is that's live broadcasting the trial every day for months now is getting huge ratings. Like if people are watching it all the time, and I'm getting tweets and texts about it and Facebooks about it all the time. Why do you think it is so interesting to folks? <laughs> I mean, I kind of feel like I'm the wrong person to ask that question, uh-huh. but I'm also the only person here, so I'll I'll take a shot. Um, yeah, I mean, just because like I I don't find it interesting or compelling, but it's I, I I think there's something you know people in general like drama, right? People yeah. watch dramas and you know and mm-hmm. comedy and and whatnot, and I think there's something about something being real, mm-hmm. like real life that some people or that people can find extra compelling, right? That it's yeah. like, oh, well, there's some actual 
there's some stakes here that I know are real. I, there's there's no suspension of disbelief, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's part of the reason that reality TV appeals to people, uh, even though there you probably need some suspension of disbelief because uh, it's often not <laughs> not entirely real. In that case here, I, I imagine it is, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I see Courtney in the chat is saying, you know, I love the psychology of it. It's like looking behind closed doors. And and yeah, I mean, I think getting an insight into something that you maybe don't usually get to see. And it doesn't even necessarily right. matter that these are famous people, right? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, you can have shows like this. I mean, they, they have court TV, right? That's not all famous right. people. And, and it, that can be interesting to people. And And there's an extent to which I feel like the more interesting it is when the people aren't famous, kind of the less issue I take with it being pot, you know, popular or whatever, because they're famous. Right. Because then it's like, that's less of the cause. But I, I do think there's like a, a voyeuristic element to it. And, um, you know, a, a like, but you know, it's, I, I have like two, I'm of two minds on it. Right. Cause like on the Mm -hmm. one hand, People are into what they're into, and it's like, you know, I I never want to criticize someone for enjoying something, right? It's like, I mean, like, whatever it is, it's like, if that's a thing you enjoy, that's that's not necessarily, that's not, like, something wrong with you. And that's not, like, right. I don't think that is bad. But the, how you act on it, I think, then can be, you know? And, right. um, and... I might have some contempt for the thing while trying and pr- and pretty much succeeding, not having contempt for, you know, the people having the desire to watch the thing. If that, like, yeah. makes any sense, you know. No, I think it does. And I think I'm kind of halfway in the middle there because I think you talk about how you just don't understand the desire. You don't feel the desire. I think I definitely do. I definitely mm-hmm. feel it, – it's a kind of a, like – it's a baser thing that I'm like, I'm not going to judge someone else for doing it. I don't want to indulge in that part in that thing. Right. But I think, yeah, as, as Courtney said, the whole thing of like wanting to look behind closed doors. I think there is a fascination, particularly in celebrity culture today, because yeah. and this has probably always been true to some extent. But like today, a lot of the celebrities we know best have very well sculpted public personas, you know, and like, um, you and I both talk a lot about the the show we both enjoy, Entourage, which, granted, is sort of a satire of Hollywood. But mm-hmm. one of the things it gets into is this idea of, like, oh, you know, this actress or this character, like, you know, has a very specific public image, you know. And, like, I think that there's something appealing about wanting – when you know someone is is kind – it's kind of like, you know – like Taylor Swift, I think it's been very clear that she does this a lot. You know, that the kind of like there is t- Taylor Swift is a character who exists in social media and exists on the public. And and the claim is that that's the real Taylor, Taylor Swift. Um, and in her songs, a lot of it comes out as well. And I think I don't want to focus just on, on uh, women. I think certainly a lot of the guys, Harry Styles, I think is another great example of this. The fact that the two of them had a very public relationship that from a lot of people's perspective may have been entirely publicist created is kind of one of the examples of what I'm getting at here. Right. Um, you know, and, and so I think that sometimes there's that idea of like, wait, I want to look at like, okay, not just the like the image that they're telling me that they are, but I want to see the real image of them, you know? Right. And I, I think the voyeurism is definitely a thing. And I, and I say that both metaphorically, but also quite literally, you know, because I think that that's where, like, to me, one of the places where this gets most disgusting, I think, and here where I, I, I will become quite judgmental of it, 
is when it becomes all about the sort of the obsession with the like the leaked selfies, you know, mm. like this actress or often it's actresses, but not all, sure. you know, who who only will strip down to like a bikini on film. But now we see like them naked from their phone. Pay. I mean, that's just it, it's I think it's the same urge just taken to a much more invasive level and one where they clearly have much less control over it. Um, but I think there's a similar thing happening there, especially with things like the trials, you know, and I think I think that's a part of it. I also think there's an element of schadenfreude of, yeah. you know, of like. And again, here, this is one where, like, I, I don't I don't think it's bad necessarily to want to indulge in this. And I can think it's very understandable, especially in a world of ours where, like, income inequality is getting worse and worse and worse. You know, um, literally just five minutes before I started this, I saw a news story that Nancy Pelosi's husband was arrested, uh, I think, two nights ago now for drunk driving. And, you know, I I have no idea who the person is. I've never met Nancy Pelosi, let alone her husband. I'm sure he's a perfectly nice person. I don't want people drunk driving. I hope he faces justice. But as someone who's often frustrated by her politics and the kind of sometimes sense I have of being kind of like above it all, there was a little part of me that's like, yeah, I kind of like seeing you all being dragged mm. into the mud a little bit. I don't think it's a great part of my personality by any means. That's why I try not to indulge it. But but I can understand where the desire there comes from. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I hear you. I, I definitely understand sort of the, the schadenfreude of it. Like for me, I'm not interested in the, the cultivated public image. And right. so the like whatever secret real life there is behind that is just like equally like, okay. Right. Like, if we're friends, cool, but, like, otherwise, like, you know, you do you just, like, you know, yeah. y your music might be great, but, like, I don't, you know, I really want to know you that much as a person, necessarily, yeah. you know. Um, I, I have friends, like, yeah. you know, <laughs> there's there's people who I, I, I know personally and, and interact with individually, you know, and that's not to say that I haven't found out some particular actor or, or other you know, other person and like, oh, well, that's that's kind of awesome, you know, like yeah. and, you know, still like you still don't know them. You know, I mean, it's right. like even when it comes to your own friends, like sometimes you'll find out something and be like, oh, that that's surprising, you know, mm -hmm. and whether it's whether it's something good or, or bad or um, or that you think is good or bad or whatever. But like, yeah, I, I you know, I I feel a little differently between like politicians and artists, you know, mm -hmm. using the term like inclusively of like anybody who makes something basically. Right. right? Um, where I think there's great power in art, but it's not direct power really. Mm -hmm. Right. Like you're influencing people's minds and people's opinions and emotions, but like right. you're not controlling where the people with guns go. <laughs> You know, yeah. and um, I mean, I, I know I, I believe Nancy Pelosi's husband was wealthy before, you know, her whole career. And, case, yeah. you know, and, um, you know, yeah, it's like, I mean, there's it would be nice to see, like, if justice for what it's whatever it is, is like applied equally. I have some doubt, you know, mm -hmm. that um, often when it is, it's more of a sort of a, like a, a scapegoating kind of, or like a, a, a totem kind of like, oh, we're going to show, see, see, look, right. we're, we're doing justice. Yeah. 
I, I, I feel like her husband will either get the minimum or the maximum punishment. Right, exactly, you know, it, exactly. It, it's hard to imagine. Because, like, he is 82, and, like, I could see a sort of, like, yeah, he shouldn't probably be driving sober or drunk. I mean, I don't, I don't want to be ageist. Well, yeah, you know, yeah, like, that's very well, ageist, but... <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? There's yeah. a lot of ways that that could look at, but yeah. Uh, also, just one of the quick thing, uh, uh, Courtney also points out that uh, John Mayer also is another one of those who has a very sort of constructed personality. And I um, think we should start a Judge Judy or Perry versus Perry Mason poll. But I'm. Yeah. I, we don't have any mods in the chat, so I don't know what. That's I'll true. just ask you. Uh, which which would you watch all day? I mean, I think Perry Ma- Perry Mason is the one who's fictional, and Judge Duty is real. Although that's that fair. that's kind of a, a good point I wanted to make. Ish. And uh, uh, yeah, well, ish, yeah, exactly. Because you know, I talk about the public personas there. I, I kind of feel like celebrity is a great example of the Heisenberg uncertainty, uncertainty principle, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, there's a number of different scientific applications to it or ideas to it, but one of it is that. The act, of observe, the act of observing something changes the thing. Right. You know, and like Jerry Springer, I think, is the best example of this where you had people who were intentionally trying to do kind of fairly outrageous things so that they could go on Jerry Springer and talk about it, you know? Yeah. And like, so it becomes this idea of like the whole concept of, well, we'll get to see the real you by pointing the camera. And once you point the camera, it's no longer. Right. Or, or is it or just like the whole idea of like the real you, you know? If you live your life on camera most of the time, then that is the real you. Sure. Yeah, um, yeah it's not that, not the real you. It's not the you without the camera pointed at you. Right. Is what right. it is. It's like you are a little different then. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that that's another part of it. I think here you're right. I think this should more be applied to politicians. But especially to anybody who is sort of making public commentary about stuff, I do think hypocrisy is something that is important to folks. And so mm-hmm. I think that's where things like, you know – and we'll get, we'll get into Me Too and stuff like that and how that's kind of the, the social issue that's important because it's something so many people face. But I think especially there, you know, when you have someone who has a public persona of being, you know, um, the, the, the person who's like constantly talking about, you know, how veganism I, – I, actually, I'll ask you, Liz. Like I'm going to guess that if you've got – like when celebrities are constantly talking about like how veganism is the way and the best thing and then like private photos show up of them eating meat. Like is that the kind of thing that bothers you as a vegan? Actually, I mean, like a little, but it bothers me more how much it seems to bother people who like don't really make any effort to not, you know, torture mm. and murder animals constantly. So right. that's one of those things where, yeah, it's it's a little bit like, you know, and, and I have I have vegan friends who are like get like really mad, you know, because right. like and, and it's it's not so much like, oh, you're being hypocritical. It's more like, you know, you, you're making me look bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> kind of more like you're you're kind of undermining, um, you mm-hmm. know, if you want to call it a movement or whatever. But like, um, but like, honestly, the the extent to which people want to jump on that yeah. actually bothers me much more. And I think, honestly, I, I think a lot of times, sometimes jumping on certain types of um sort you know hypocrisy sometimes is a little bit of like kind of not answering for one's own yeah decisions in a way yeah it's a kind of like look these people think they're high and mighty so i don't have to try because they don't really mean it either right um, like i i want to get to this more when we do that third category of kind of the social aspect the 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 commentary but like for example i know just to kind of put it in a very basic summary like the idea that through the amber heard trial Domestic violence towards masculine people is getting more attention, I think, is great. Right. 
But then when I look at a lot of people going, see, Amber lied, thus all women lie. I'm sort of like, well, but slow, slow down here, slow yeah. down here, you know. And that's that. I think that's a lot of a kind of a similar thing. Um, but so take take actually, I'll take that question about veganism though a little further to to get into that second question, which is one I, I think I care a lot more about. But my sense is that at least every now and then can come up for you, which is how much does when we know things about celebrities does that change our interest in watching things or paying money for things or stuff like that? So and I'll start for you with a more positive like. And unfortunately, there aren't many good examples of this, but taking kind of hypothetical, you know, if you hear about a movie that's like written and directed by someone who's outwardly vegan and very open about being vegan and that like that theme is going to be an important part of the movie or, or even if it's not, but just how much would that affect your sort of like, oh, you know what? I want to support this creator because they have they, they care about values I care about and I want to support them in that. Is that Yeah, I mean, ever? I don't think it would change what I did. But uh-huh. it might make me feel a little happier about it, you know, okay. like, uh, I mean, I've I've stopped watching things when they do things that I find grotesque, you know, yeah. what, but it that that's like, it's it's weird, because like, I think Hollywood is probably like disproportionately, like, vegan claiming, mm-hmm. you know, where like. In turn, if you like look at and and or like vegetarian, right? But like if you look right. at the population of the United States, and then you compare that, you know, to the population of Hollywood, basically, and mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, there's going to be a higher percentage of you know vegans and vegetarians in Hollywood, which makes it more confounding that like we get such shit representation, you know, and and so for me, it would be more less about like the people involved because already like in pretty much most things, I feel like. Um, everything is like, like, it's pretty much always a mix of like, you're going to have probably some vegetarians or vegans like on a given production and some not. Mm -hmm. Right. And like, I haven't, I I feel like, did I hear about somewhere they were like, yeah, we're just going to only have like vegan craft service tables or whatever. Like I, I would, I would appreciate that. I'd be like, yeah, do that. Good. You know, like the New York mayor has like meatless Mondays and like. Does a lot of other stuff I think is pretty bad, you know, yeah. like former cop wants to do more copping. But like, mm-hmm. you know, I support that. I'm like, yeah, make the kids eat yeah. vegetables, whatever. Good. But yeah. like in terms of like it's just it's hard to like really come up with scenarios where I'm like, oh, yeah, I think, you know, there's right. going to be some like really it would just be like if there's going to be representation that I thought was really good. Right. You know, like we're like, going to do a story about a vegan diner and everyone on the crew is going to be vegan. Like, yeah. OK, yeah, I'll, I'll watch that. I'll watch that. Yeah, that makes sense. And on the flip side, you said like the grotesque. So cause I know that oftentimes you, I th- my sense is that your bar is not co- is, is a lot lower than a lot of other people's or maybe a lot higher. But there are still times where like, you know, a, a, a writer or a director or a, uh, an actor does things that for you are so far beyond the pale that you lose interest in, in seeing them or you don't want to give money towards them is that, is that an accurate statement um uh, potentially yeah um i mean i don't know like i was watching some film and they literally just like kill an actual goat in the movie right and i was like i'm i'm not watching the rest of this i had borrowed it from the yeah. library so it's not like anybody got any money but i'd be like yeah, yeah i'm not you know but but yeah i i can't think of an example of a movie or something where the creator or people involved in it had done something external to the production 
mm-hmm. where I'm like, I'm definitely not going to watch that. Like I, I go times and I'm like, I'm not watching any more Disney because they did this or this yeah. or that or whatever. I'm like, sure. But like in terms of like just individual things and being like, oh, this person did something bad. Like I would cast Kevin Spacey. Honestly, yeah. I, w- I would have a, a chaperone who would be, you know, <laughs> like, like, look, you are not getting out of my eyesight, you know, and you're not like assaulting mm-hmm. or harassing anybody on this production. But like, you know, like, yeah, did bad things, terrible things even. But like, does that mean like I wouldn't cast him? No, not really. Yeah. You know, that's fair. Yeah. And that, I think that is where you and I are very different, because for me, I mean, I don't have any casting power, but I think I would look. I'd be very disappointed by someone who would cast someone like that, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I think for me, there's there's two different things. And and what the first the first most latest level, and this is where it it, it uh, oh, but someone showed up in chat just to heckle. So yep, excellent, heckle. welcome, welcome, Cardiff. Um, <laughs> you have uh, uh, between Paul and I disagreeing a lot. You're gonna have a lot to heckle on either side. Mm-hmm. Starting that point again. Yeah, I, I think it's the part where you and I disagree. And for me, there's kind of two levels in which I approach this. One of which is just the question of what am I doing with my money. You know, sure. and I don't think J.K. Rowling is going to, you know, cry because she doesn't get the four dollars or 20 cents or whatever it would be or pounds, whatever it would be. Um, pounds are worth a lot more. Well, true, because I do or don't go to the newest Harry Potter movie or do or don't buy the latest Harry Potter game. Yeah. But there's a quote that I think about all the time when it comes to this stuff, which is um, there was this uh, man who. During the U.S. involvement with Nicaragua in the 80s under Reagan, who was doing some really terrible – we were doing really terrible things, he stood outside the White House to protest like every day for like three straight years. Mm -hmm. And at one point someone asked him like, are you – how do you possibly think you're going to change the president or change the nation by doing this? And he said, I'm not doing this to change the nation. I'm doing this so that the nation doesn't change me. Oh, right. Um, And I kind of liked that idea a lot. And I think that's where – for me in terms of like my money stuff, I think – you know, I do think that the more people who do it, the more we kind of punish people who do things that are economically punished. Like if someone went up and, you know, did physical harm to J.K. Rowling, I'm, I don't think that's a good thing. I'm not wanting that to happen. Right. But in terms of like making it particularly because and she, I think, is a very good example, because it's like, you know, if someone found her diary and someone's diary said, you know, all these transphobic things, but otherwise no one knew what the heck they were thinking. Right. I don't care. You know, it's the fact that she's act. She is using the platform that she has to speak words of violence against me and my friends. Mm. I don't want to help her build that platform. Right. You know, and then with someone like Kevin Spacey, I think the reason why for me it's also important to not to to really not support thing. Because here's the thing: I don't think people in Hollywood. I think people in Hollywood would cat. Oh name. yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think people in Hollywood stopped casting him out of their own personal moral outrage. I think they did it because they knew that enough people would be upset if they did cast him and would not go to see it or would otherwise cause problems that it would not be worth it. It would not be worth the bad publicity, you know, and that maybe a lot of people still would see it. But it, it would in the end of the day, their decision there is financial in the yeah. same way that the people at Netflix think. You know what? A lot more people are paying attention to Dave Chappelle because we keep putting him on, even though we keep saying these transphobic things. Um, you know, for them, it's the bottom line conversation. And so for me, if I can help affect that bottom line conversation, I want to. And I think why for me it's particularly important with someone like Kevin Spacey is because these are things that for a long time were accepted in Hollywood. Right. Um, and that's where it ties in all the Me Tooness, especially. Um, 
though, I, you know, that's not the only issue there. Um, but yeah, but I think because I think it's hard because I do think uh, like our friend Logan, I think, will often comment that, look, if you really believe in this stuff, don't give money to any of these huge studios because yeah. they're all pretty horrible in a yeah. lot of ways. And I think that's true. And, you know, at the same time, I've got friends who live in, you know, are very queer and live in small towns in the South where if you don't have much money, Chick-fil-A is the only place you're going to get food, you know? And I, I this is what I'm told. I don't, yeah, I don't no, know. No, I, I understand. I, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, yeah. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, especially the fact that they are LGBT of some kind or another, it makes me be like, okay, look, this is that we all have to make our own decisions. You sure. Know? And I think for me, as a fan, that's what I'm a lot more interested in here is the question not, I don't want to tell people you should spend your money on this, not on that, but I just want people to be thoughtful about it, you know? And, like, I think clearly, even if you have a very different bar than I do, you do put thought into this, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, basically, I mean, I think what people do to animals is worse than 99% of the things that people like want to cancel people over. Mm -hmm. And so like, I would just watch nothing. Yeah. If I were to have a bar, you know what I mean? Like, like I'm not going to not watch rounders because it was new line cinema, which was Harvey Weinstein, but I'm, I'm certainly, I wouldn't work with Harvey Weinstein. You know, like, and there obviously there are like different levels of whatever. And, and a lot of it has to do with the power that people have, you know, right. when, when they're, they're doing whatever it is. And I mean, I think JK Rowling is a great example because she has, you know, like quadrupled down on like, look, this is clearly her stance. Right. Right. And, um, you know, I, I don't really give a lot of money to anyone for any, you know, <laughs> like pretty much like if I'm going to spend money on entertainment, it's, it's mostly going to be on independent creators when, you know, when he possible. mostly uses my profiles to watch things. They, <laughs> they mostly use my profiles to watch things. <laughs> um, but yeah, so <laughs> I have access to a large amount of content, <laughs> but I don't pay for much content. Um, I am, I am an anarchist. So, you know, I, I, I do think that it is good to be deliberate about, you know, what content you, you want to pay for and to understand that like there is consequence to every financial transaction, right? Your money is going somewhere, but like also it's really hard to find ways of sending your money, not somewhere that you're opposed to, like, you know, what do you do when your favorite vegan cheese company gets bought out by a, a food conglomerate? Oh, like, that do you, yeah, no, that, that happens all the time. It's mm, just constantly, okay. basically, you know, somebody, and, and that's, that's not just like, yeah. I mean, that clearly, that's a thing that happens in the food world a lot, right? But oh, in yeah. all sorts of things, an entertainment company gets bought out by like, maybe you were really into Instagram and then they got booked, bought by Facebook and you're like, ah. You know, I, I didn't yeah. want to use Facebook, so I was using Instagram. And I know people, I'll, I'll, I'll say Logan again, right? Because, like, Logan, yeah. Logan boycotts Facebook and Amazon, which are two things that are, like, those, those are hard boycotts, right? Right. Like, a lot of friends are going to be on Facebook, especially, like, you know, um, people, like, a lot of people our age are on Facebook, yeah. right? Those are the demographics of it. So leaving that is sacrificing some con- some means of contact, right? And then, you know, boycotting Amazon is like, it's pretty much the easiest place to get most things. 
You want yeah. a thing? You can probably get it on Amazon and you can just get all your things on Amazon and that's pretty easy. But yeah. like, you know, that's a stand. But then Logan uses Instagram, right? And like, and I think is as thoughtful about where to spend money and where to spend time and effort, yeah. right? I mean, when we're talking about social media, our time is our money basically, right? We're basically paying them with our attention and with the content we create. But like still there, it's like sometimes you compromise. And I think that's another case where also it's very easy for people to bring up this hypocrisy idea that I think gets really problematic. And here, this is more about kind of compromising the celebrity stuff. But I think Mm -hmm. this is it's this part of the same point. You know, look at any person who travels the world to speak very powerfully and cogently about, um, you know, climate change. And some climate change denier will be like, oh, if you care so much, why are you getting all those airplanes? Like, right. Yeah, because we're in an imperfect world. Yeah. Um, I don't have control over the people who advertise on this. And I wish I did. Um, I also want to pay the bills and be able to keep making the content that we do. Um, you know, so, yeah, it, it's all these compromises. And I think I think for me that's – and it, it ties in a lot to the – for me – and I don't want this just to be about the Amber Heard, Johnny Depp trial, but that's, I think, kind of like the the overall frame because that's the thing that's so much in the news right now and certainly that I'm getting asked about all the time. You know, I understand that because of the public perception of what Johnny Depp did or didn't do, his career has pretty much been Kevin Spacey'd right. um, to a large extent. And I don't know if I know enough to to decide if that was good or bad. I think I do know enough from what I know that – I don't think I like. I mean, let's be honest. I was not very excited to go see Aquaman two. Um, <laughs> I I very much did not like the first Aquaman movie. Given all that I have learned about Ms. Heard, I and the fact that they've decided to keep her on, even though Johnny Depp has been cut mm. from a lot of things, I'm not. I think there'd probably be one more reason why I'm probably not going to go see it. Right. Um, you know. Now again, that changes a lot, and I think one of the things that I think is also important to me is I like to be part of movements. You know, and I remember. Um, on the poker and podcast that we're talking about, as I said, Paul's having a lot of fun poking fun. He pokes fun at him. They poke fun at themselves a lot too, so that's worthwhile. But also, they poke a lot of fun at me. Um, and I at one point said that I was probably not going to go see um, Doctor Strange because of the whole like you know recasting the Tibetan character because of pressure from the Chinese and, and and stuff like that. And that story may not have been the most accurate. We don't know. There's a lot of details there. But the point is, at one point, it looked like a lot of people were talking about that, and then that kind of shifted. I was like, well, you know, if there had been a real sort of active call from Tibetans to, to boycott the movie, I probably would have paid attention, you know? In the same kind of way, there was a pretty active call for people asking them to boycott um, Ghost in the Shell because of Scarlett Johansson and and her being in that role. Um, and, I, and I didn't go to see it. Uh, there was sort of some similar talk about um, Black Widow, but then I think a lot of the kind of feminist leaders and, and content creators and stuff we respect said, look, we don't love ScarJo, but this movie is so important for having a strong female character in it that, that we're probably going to go. I'm not just a sheep or a lemming. I'm going to make my own opinions, but those things matter. You know, and I think so. So this may change. You know, maybe I'm going to find out that there's something amazing about the Aquaman 2 movie that I really need to see. But we'll get more into that in the third thing. But I, well, actually, no, like, this, is perf- uh, this is probably fine to talk about it. Because I do think this is why a lot of people get so involved in the celebrity thing is they want to now make their decisions about who to support, who to not to, based on their ability to pass judgment on others. And I think that's where, yes, I'll do that with J.K. Rowling because, as you said, she'll be very clear. Like, she has – there's no suspicion about J.K. Rowling's feelings, you know. 
Kevin Spacey, it was very clearly known and he admitted like the terrible things he did. Um, you know, other things like that. Something like this, like, I think for a lot of people, it seems there's a real attempt to sort of pick it all apart and decide Johnny wins or Amber loses or vice versa. And therefore, like, I'm going to give all my money to one and all my money not to another. I've seen enough to know that these are two very broken people who had a very toxic relationship with each other. And as far as I can tell, they both did a lot of terrible things to each other. And you can say that one of them was more the instigator and thus the other one maybe is not as at fault. That's, I think, where I really get off the train is that to me, that idea that we could go to that level of granularity and pass judgment when literally they're in a court that's going to try to pass judgment. Mm. But even then, who the hell can pass judgment on a relationship? I, I just sort of feel like I'm probably at this point not super inclined to watch a movie that either one of them are in. Mm-hmm. But be, but that's where it stops for me. You know, right. I did I, that. I'll take that from the surface and then going deeper. It just. It, it, yeah, that that's where it feels like it gets really problematic, at least as I see it. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of come to the same conclusion, but then the opposite course of action, which is like, uh-huh. I don't know what happened between them. A bunch of people are going to know some things about who pe- different people say happened and a court's right. going to make some sort of ruling. As far as I'm concerned, that's their shit, you know? Yeah. And like, if there's a movie I want to see that one of them's in, I'll see it. Like, I'm not going to punish Jason Momoa and James Wan for like Amber Heard being in the movie. And maybe James right. Wan, maybe one of them could have like made a big deal out of it. But also like, maybe it's not really for them to make a big, you know, I don't know. And, yeah. you know, I'm not saying like, oh, I can't wait to see Aquaman 2. Um, but like Randall Park might be in it too. So like, you know, I... It's, I don't know. There's it, if I want to see it, I'll see it. I'm not going to go see it. I'll I'll watch it on someone's HBO account. But like, <laughs> <That's fair. laughs> you know, but I, I um yeah, and and to me, I I agree with you though. Your point of like, right. you know, you can't necessarily get down to like, oh, but what really happened? You know, it's like, right. you know, you're you're not a detective. Like, you don't actually have personal connections to these people. Like, you can either be like, well, some messed up stuff happened there. I just don't want to have anything to do with it. Or, like, some messed up stuff happened there and, like, whatever. That's not, uh, you know, for me, basically. Um, I do think that the J.K. Rowling and, like, Kevin Spacey, they're two. J.K. Rowling did what she did, continued to do it. And that's her. It's it's not, to me, it's not that that's her beliefs, right? It's that that's her agenda right? right whereas like i feel like with kevin spacey maybe maybe what kevin spacey did was worse or maybe not as bad or, or you could like you can rank however you want to rank it or not but yeah. like those are past actions and you know one of the reasons i i think it did make sense to to cancel house of cards or at least to stop it or whatever is mm-hmm. like well that was behavior that was going on on set right and so, like, if you're going to try and do something with Kevin Spacey in the thing, then you're you're going to have to find a way to have that not happening on set. But also, right. like, I, I don't feel like someone should nef- necessarily serve a life sentence for something that they did in the past. Even if it was a pattern of behavior. I think there's something different between, like, something that happened or something that someone did and then they stopped doing compared to something that's ongoing. And... Right. You know, and you can you can say like, well, is there some contrition? Is there this or that? I think that's very reasonable. Um, but I, I had a point where that was going, but it's gone. So whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think you bring up a couple of very important points, though. Um, one is that, like, to me, 
it's hard to talk about Amber Heard, Johnny Depp, and Kevin Spacey in the same conversation because I do think what Kevin Spacey did, and granted, it's been a number of years, I don't remember the details, but I think my understanding is there's certainly things that he did that I think if statute, like, criminal prosecution was very much a possibility, you know, which maybe the case didn't hold up, but, like, you know, sexual assault laws and stuff like that, you know, were broke to broke, and and as far as, well, I don't even want to try to comment on whether or not that's true about her debt, but I understand it's a, it's a degree of difference. Mm-hmm. But even with those, like, those are terrible things that those folks did. And yet for me, I am very much on the kind of like, I don't, you know, restorative justice and all that kind of thing. But unless I see major change in, in retribution, so saying, yeah, I don't, I don't want to be giving my money to something that Kevin Spacey is in. But to me, Kevin Spacey isn't out there actively campaigning for, you know... Um, you know, the lessening of laws around, you know, getting people drunk and doing sexual things with them. Right. You know, Amber Heard and Johnny Depp aren't making public statements about, you know, that that domestic violence shouldn't be enforced the way it is. Yeah. J.K. Rowling is doing that. J.K. Rowling is actively encouraging people to, and granted, J.K. Rowling is personal for me because I'm one of the people she's attacking. Sure. Granted, she's much more interested in uh, trans women, to be sure. But... Like, so I do think that's, that there's a major difference. Like, it's a platform, you know? Same with, um, I mean, I was, I was getting the name of the actress and the name of the character mixed up, but the woman who was on um, uh, Mandalorian, who was playing the uh, uh, Gina Carano Alderaan. is the Gina actress. Gina yeah. yeah, thank you. Who's playing, I, I keep wondering, she's uh, Cara Dune, not Cara Thrace. Right. Um, mixing those two characters up. You know, she was actively campaigning for people not to be wearing masks and not to be getting right, vaccinated yeah, yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. And to me, that's that's doing a level that I think for me that that at that point it becomes you're using your public platform to do harm, mm-hmm. and so actively contributing to your platform. But then again, I mean, Kevin Spacey was able to have as much power as he did, and others because of the thing you know the platform he had. So it, it's not a binary; it's it's it's, yeah. it's gradations. The other thing I think for me, and I'm curious if this is for you, one thing I find is that, you know, there's content that I love that I then found out terrible things about the creator. Mm. It doesn't necessarily make me unlove it unless it's connected. You know, right. so for example, I grew up in New York City in a Jewish household and also, you know, it's New York City. Woody Allen, like, speaks so much to my sense of humor, to a lot of my life philosophy. I think some of his movies are absolutely brilliant. A movie like Crime and Punishment, I, and I also think Woody Allen is Crimes an awful person. Crimes and Misdemeanors. Crimes and Misdemeanors, thank you. Yeah, Crime and Punishment is a book that's clearly kind of referencing. You know, I also think he's a horrible person and have a lot of real, you know, judgments about him. Um, a movie like Crimes and Misdemeanors that's about life and death and morality and judgment and things like that, I can still watch and think is a fantastic movie. Any of the movies that are about him romancing an actress who, and a character who's Manhattan, significantly younger. Right. Yeah, Manhattan, yeah. absolutely. But really anything that's where it's Woody mm. Allen is 50 is romancing an actress and a character in her 20s, I couldn't watch anymore, mm. you know? Okay. And like, I tried to watch the Cosby show oh. and so much of that show is built around Bill Cosby being this incredibly wholesome, right. lovable, everyone's dad character. I can't watch that anymore. Yeah. But like Usual Suspects, I probably I still think is going to be a fantastic movie, and yeah, because there's nothing in that movie that connects it all to what Kevin Spacey was doing personally. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know? and it's 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 also one of the greatest movies of all time. But yeah. Um. And like arguably maybe the best acting performance ever. But like that's I digress. But yeah. No. I I feel you. You know. And yeah. I think I think I should 
make clear that like if somebody doesn't want to watch a thing because of how they feel about a particular creator, whether it's because mm-hmm. of the connection between the content and what that person did or just solely for what that person did, um, like, yeah, you know, I, I'm certainly not trying to talk anyone out of it, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I do feel like I I don't know I, I when it comes to like the sort of movements and whatever, mm-hmm. I'm not super like I'm not super into it, you know, but in terms of like individual actions and like if a thing or a person makes you feel a certain way and that's not how you want to feel like, yeah, don't don't watch their stuff. Like yeah. I, I don't think I could watch the Cosby show now. You know, yeah. I have not tried to rewatch the Cosby show. Um, I had a friend who was on it when when she was a kid. And yeah, like I wonder, like I, I'm kind of curious to watch that episode, you know, but like mm-hmm. but it, it just yeah, that that's a that's but also yeah. I mean, when you know, when we're talking about some of these things, it's like th- there are it's not a binary, right? Person did bad yeah. thing. Person did nothing bad that we're but, aware of. It's like there's, you know, Co- Cosby is such an extreme example. Maybe, for me, maybe a better example is Buffy. Where, oh, okay. like, um, I still think Joss Whedon is a brilliant writer in a lot of ways. And I think the TV show Buffy made some very important advances in terms of women characters on screen. I also feel like now knowing a lot more about his own relations with women and and, and not just you know, his own personal life, but also stuff he did on set to, to women actresses and stuff like that um, does make me, like, watch Buffy through somewhat different eyes, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, it doesn't mean I don't think I... I'm not as excited to watch it. I probably I probably see it in a different way. It's not to me quite right. the Cosby show where I can't watch it, but I'm less inclined to watch it. And certainly some episodes I might be like, eh, I, I might see the kind of female empowerment message in this pretty differently now. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, I respect that. I I, pro- yeah. I mean, I, I haven't gone back and, and watched any of those for a long time. Right. But, you know, I it, it is the sort of thing where it's like something can be very powerful to people at a, at a point in time. Right. But then maybe not play the same way later, particularly with, um, you know, knowledge of what's going on. I mean, for the most part, that's kind of like why I just don't want to know. Like I, I have an idea of some of the Joss Whedon stuff, but I'm like, I'm just not interested, you know? Yeah. Like I think Joss Whedon's one of the best writer directors of like of a generation. And like, I'm not interested in not being able to enjoy, you know, um, yeah, the his creations, you know. But like, that's that's not to say that like I don't care about whatever harm he caused to the people that were involved. Right. But it's just like, I don't know. There's like so much pain and suffering in the world. Like it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's yeah. like it's not to like. I, the word isn't marginalized. There's another word, but I'll, I'll go with that for now. Mm-hmm. But like minimize, right? It's yeah. not to minimize whatever, but it's just like there's a lot of things where I'm just like that's not – that doesn't feel like the most important thing to me. Whereas yeah. I know it's the most important thing to – or it could be the most important thing to that person, right? Certainly right. at that time. And um, and it's like – I don't know. I think there's, there's something to be said for like sort of like – emotional bandwidth and you know what i mean like and it's like the oh do i want to go down this this rabbit hole sure um you know like every time there's a shooting it's horrible Mm -hmm. right every individual shooting is horrible uh the fact that there are as many as there are is extra horrible 
But like, I personally, when I hear about one, I'm like, well, that's horrible. But like, I don't feel moved in a direction, you know, because it's like, there's, I mean, we still have literally hundreds of people dying every day of, of COVID in the US alone. And it's like, you know, 20 people get murdered. That's horrible. But it's like, there's already so much horrible. It's like, it doesn't, it doesn't really move the needle for me. And that's not yeah. like, that doesn't make it not horrible, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's not like you're like, it's not like you're like out there going rah, 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 guns, guns, guns. Oh, I mean, like no. you, yeah. And I think I'm in the same way, you know, and I, I've kind of noticed that in terms of the way I consume the news coverage of those kind of things. And we're going to pull it back to the celebrity thing, but I was kind of agreeing with you there. Like, you know, I saw that I'm outraged. I'm, I'm horrified. I'm saddened. I am have all these feelings about, you know, how little we continue to do. And I, I don't want to be cynical and hopeless, but I, you know, I see people trying to gear up to get things done and I, I don't have much faith that it'll happen. But like 10 years ago, I probably would have sought out, you know, the interviews with the parents and mm. sort of the biographies of the people. I don't do that anymore. Right. Like, cause I just can't. And pulling it back to, and I think if you can, great, but also it's okay to not, you know, you don't have to be emotionally masochistic to prove that you are like, you know, not to say yeah, like, I don't great, think like if that's what you want to do, but like if that's yeah, not what if it you helps do, you, it's great. Not like... And certainly if you're the person, you know, I think if you think your gun rights are more important than what's happening, then maybe you should read a little bit about it. Um, but that, that's a whole other story and, and different I, I think it, it's a little direct, though, in terms of like the I mean, you have shooters who have become celebrities. Right. Yeah, right. No, definitely. And, that, like, and it's kind of like we, we talked about how the Batman movie kind of got into that a little bit. Right. Exactly. Um. And, like, pulling it back to this, though, it was actually a creator who I really liked who, who talked about this because, um, you know, Ray Fisher, who played Cyborg, mm. has raised some very important concerns about, like, the racism he dealt with on set, you know, yeah. and, and what he dealt with. And there was um, a black TikToker who I follow. I, I'm trying to remember who, if I can find it, was a couple of years ago now, but if you can find it, I'll, I'll definitely bring it back. You know, and he was kind of saying, like, Ray Fisher is not dealing with, like, the problems of, like, the, you know, the person who's having trouble putting food on their table because no one will hire him because they speak AAVE or because they, you know, have dreads or whatever. But also that it's important to look at what happened to see, like, yeah, once you get on the Hollywood set, it doesn't mean that you're free of racism. You know, this right. hits all levels and, yeah. and that kind of thing. And, and that's, I think, a good way to get into the, um, the last part of this, which, by the way, folks, good, good thing to, to see about Paul and I. And Paul will make jokes about this from five years ago. We still haven't learned this lesson. This conversation started as, could we get a full episode out of this? Probably not. How about so we also like do half this an episode and half the questions? And we're not even done with this topic. So I literally went for a walk just before we recorded and was like, yeah, I probably only have one or two paragraphs to say about this. Oops. <laughs> only if I never hit the enter key. Yeah. Here's a good challenge for you. Throw out a topic that you think we, we, we couldn't stretch out for more than 10 minutes. We'll probably prove you wrong. Um, but so the last thing I think is the, like, to me, the celebrity issues also become important when they are a microcosm of things that everybody else deals with, you mm. know? And I think, um, and I think this is both good and bad, you know? And I think the, the Amber Heard trial to me is the perfect example of this, because I think on the one hand, like, yeah, looking at the, the, the racism that even Ray Fisher faces, you know, and talking about the racism that everyone faces, uh, all people of color face in, in employment or, or, or all can face, you know? Me Too, you know, came out of, like, celebrity women talking about how they had been sexually harassed and, and, and gone through horrible things in the workplace. And it got people talking about, like, yeah, Weinstein isn't the only one doing it, but, like, it, Weinstein can get away with it. And the guy who runs the, the local grocery store and, and does it to, to their female employees can probably get away with it. And so those kind of things, to me, the microcosm become really important. 
to me, the danger, and this is what I'm very much seeing with Amber Heard, is when it becomes the gotcha moment, you know, where like, and again, I've not followed the trial, but I have to some extent followed the conversation around the trial. And so at first I was seeing folks who were like, hey, listen, we're actually talking about like, yes, men can be the victims or the survivors of domestic violence or intimate partner violence. Yes, this is, it isn't always just one direction. We don't talk enough about like the way men can be, you know, victims in these kind of situations. And that was great. And I think that was very, he I think that was very healing for a lot of people. And I think conversation around that is healing. And I think is a good conversation to have. I think though, and I, I, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think this kind of speaks to your victim thing you're talking about. The number of people who then started coming forward and doing one of two things, either A, saying, look at all the ways Amber lied. And maybe she did, but I, I think it, my understanding is pretty clearly proven that she did, but I don't know for sure. That doesn't matter. But, mm -hmm. but let's suppose that she did. The number of people who are using that to say, so look, me too is all wrong. You know, the idea of like trust women, believe women, because we have this one example of someone who shouldn't, we should go back to, you know, never doing that. Always, you know, there has to be a witness kind of things. I think is really problematic. And also, Justin, now I've, I've seen some more people writing about this. The degree to which Amber Heard has become a public laughingstock in our society mm. because of this. And, like, everything from her, the faces that she's made that uh, a lot of, like, there was a thing at one point where she was blowing her nose and people did, like, a... Uh, freeze frame of the camera uh, of the film while like editing some things out to make it look like she was snorting cocaine on the witness stand. Like memes gonna meme memes gonna meme, you know, but I, I like, it's one of those things where you look at it and you're like, and some people have done some great analysis of compare this to the way like Cosby was talked about or like R Kelly or things like that. And that it is to such an extent that it's hard to not see some misogyny at work here, that mm -hmm. there isn't some level of, guys who are mad that women are getting too uppity and too much in power and this kind of thing are glad to see this woman torn down. Um, so that's more about the trial. I don't know how much you want to comment on that directly, but like that, I think that's for me the other place where I care about it is when, where I don't care about the, the story itself, the, the, the event itself, I care about the story around it and the narratives that are being formed around it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess like, insofar as there is value to something mm -hmm. like that that's what it is you know the same way that somebody can make a piece of fiction that tells a story you know right. and i mean when it's an actual court case i guess it's like well here we have evidence that's presumably you know it's evidence it's supposed right. to be you know facts and whatever um it's reality based that's not you know f fabricated as in by a writer right Right. Um, and so I, I think it is sort of just like another way of telling a story, except it's a story where you're like, no, but this really happened. Um, but I, you know, I, I, I do think that stories often people are like, well, this thing happened this one time. So this is always how it is. And it's like it, people are just very, very poor at understanding uncertainty and probability. Right. Yeah. And it's like somebody says something happened. And if it's something that happens very frequently, there's a very good chance that it's it's true. Right. Right. There's also a chance that it's not. But like that doesn't mean it's 50 50. Right. Yeah. And I, I, I do think things, you know, the the like he said, she said or, or he said, he said or whatever kind of it. 
it poses a problem in terms of justice and in terms of knowing what happened. Like Mm -hmm. you just don't know what happened. right? Right. And, and that's, to some extent, I think that's a little bit of an intractable problem. That's just, you know, that's the way things are. And right. people need to accept, like, sort of, I don't know, I, I try to, like, look at things as, like, probability distributions. Like, such and such mm-hmm. probably happened, but it's also possible that such and such happened. Or such and such almost definitely happened. Or sometimes it's like, no, that's that's what happened, you know? Yeah. And, and so, you know, I think taking the what I understand to be the exception, which doesn't mean that it's the only exception, right? It doesn't mean it never happens otherwise. Right. But taking that to try to discredit all the other times that things were the opposite, like is, is ridiculous. And, you know, that's, that's a potential problem of, of one instance getting magnified so large right is that you end up basically focusing on anecdotal data it's like oh well this one thing happened this one time and i'm going to draw conclusions the only conclusion you can draw is that this is a thing that can happen and anecdote is the exact word i was thinking of this whole time you know because at the end of the day yes amber heard and johnny depp are much more public figures than than most people who go through ugly divorces but it's still just one example Mm -hmm. you know and i think even the most ardent Me Too supporters would always say, you know, look, yes, there can be women who lie. Yeah, that right. can happen. Like, it's, it's, it, to me, in a lot of ways, I think, and I don't want to kind of make it just about this one issue, but I think, like, you know, it's kind of like in the same way of, like, I, I think of Me Too as very similar to Black Lives Matter, and that what both are saying is, like, look, right now, it's not that all lives matter. It's that right now black lives are treated with almost no respect. And so, yeah, let's kind of try to throw it back the other way. And in the same way, like overwhelmingly when it comes to issues of sexual harassment and sexual assault, women are traditionally not believed at all. And so having a strong like let, let's kind of try to push it back the other way. Mm-hmm. Let's try to push it back the other way because, yes, the overwhelming number of times it's not lies. These are real situations. Um, yeah. So I, I think that kind of makes a lot of sense. Um, and kind of, I, I want to kind of move off of the, there's one last point about the celebrity stuff that I think we're, we're yeah, not going to we talk can, about we too can go long. There. So the last thing about the celebrity thing that I, I think we want to bring up and at first I thought it might turn into much conversation, but I think it's mostly just like, yeah, don't do this. Um, like I think a lot of, for me, I think one of the, one of the times where I feel celebrityness gets very problematic and I have to say it, especially in Star Wars, the Star Wars fandom, and so we're talking about it a lot right now because of Kenobi, I think it is completely legitimate to have negative feelings about creators. You know, I, as Paul is hearing, as he goes back to the old episodes, we used to joke that there was a quota that I had to bash on Zack Snyder at least once, and Paul mostly jumped in and contributed their own. Um, you know, but, like, if someone told me that they went and, like, firebombed his house or tried to, like, do something terrible to you know, Zack Snyder, I'd be like, no, like we're talking about their work as a creator and our feelings about their work as a creator. And Star Wars in particular has a very bad history of this. Um, Jake Lloyd, the actor who played young Anakin Skywalker, got horribly bullied uh, to the point of like having massive um, uh, psychological trauma and a, a very troubled life for a long time because of it. Uh, Ahmed Best, who played Jar Jar, similarly, like I think it's very legit for people to say like that was a very racist character and the way it was written and directed but then people went after this young actor who frankly was probably just like you get a chance to get a star wars job you're probably going to take a star wars job as a young actor um you know and like 
and, and just much more recently with um, uh, Rose Tran. Uh, no, um, Kelly Marie Tran. Kelly Marie Tran. She thank played you. Rose. Played Rose Tico. Rose yeah, I mean names bad. Uh, I'm much better with numbers, as Paul can. I'm <laughs> much better with numbers. <laughs> Matt Math. You get to hear the creation of Matt Math. You That's listen to true. Poker and Podcast. Uh, but yeah, like you know, and now like you know, there've been comments about like, oh, you know. I think it is very legitimate to see Kathleen Kennedy as having a particular responsibility for a lot of the things in recent Star Wars that people don't like. I think it can be there. There's very binary thinking that sometimes emerges of like Kathleen Kennedy. Good, everything bad is Kathleen Kennedy. Everything good is Dave Filoni, and that can get kind of misogynistic. But if you don't love Kathleen Kennedy, that's fine. If you don't love her creations, I certainly have a lot of questions with her. But we're seeing posts about like wanting to do violence against her, or you know. Um, on our episode on the Star Wars Universe podcast, we talk a lot about. Um, well, I don't want to spoil it if you've not watched the young, if you've not watched Kenobi yet. But there is a child actor who plays a significant part in the Kenobi show, and some people think that their acting performance is great. Some people don't like their acting performance. But I've seen TikToks going around about, yeah, I just want to like elbow that actor, you know, elbow that actor in the head. This is a ten-year-old people are talking about, and I. To me, this isn't just a point about toxic fandom, but I think it is a point about celebrity, which is that right now, when we do have so much access to celebrity, I think uh, it's not psychosomatic relationships. What is it? Uh, oh, uh, pseudo-social relationships are things people talk about a lot. That now because people see people on TikTok and on Twitter and on Instagram, it creates a psychological feeling that we have more of a close relationship with these folks than we actually do. And I think if if that leads you feeling like personally betrayed because of what someone creates, like, take a step back. If it makes you feeling like you want to do, like, physical violence to a creator, take a step back. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the first thing I'd say is that I, I think all of those feelings are valid, you know? Like, you, you feel what you feel. Um, but, you know, what you do about those feelings is a choice. Right. And that you know, wanting to physically harm someone or, or just threaten someone or make jokes about someone suffering physical harm. They'd be like, Oh, it's just a joke. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm all for comedy pushing boundaries, but like, that's not like, it's, it's gotta be funny if you want to get a buy from me. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, it usually doesn't seem particularly funny to me. Uh, I, yeah, it's there. There have been a lot of um, shows that I have felt like very strongly about. Like, wow, you created something that you know I really loved, and that you know often fiction aims to be emotionally manipulative. But even if it's not really the goal, it often right. will succeed in that, right? And and then I, I can see a feeling of betrayal of like, oh, you emotionally manipulate. And then usually that's when I just stop watching something when I feel like they're so overtly trying to be emotionally manipulative. Um, you know, I will say that like, I, I'm not overly fond of Kathleen Kennedy's influence on the star Wars universe overall. You know, I do love many of the characters from the sequel trilogy, I really don't like the way the movies sit in the overall um, mythos, right? Yeah, that's fair. There are episodes of Rebels, maybe only one, but like a couple, that like Dave Filoni made 
that I really don't like and feel very strongly about and feel are very yeah. emotionally manipulative. Some of them are some of people's or one of them's like some of people's favorite episode. Some it's people's cur- favorite episode. Curiosity, which one? Uh, Jedi Knights. I okay. almost quit the show, remember? Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, because it just felt, and, and I won't spoil the plot. And if you want to listen to what happens in Rebels, listen to the Star Wars Universe podcast where Matthew mm-hmm. and Sarah and Ricky uh, go into detail. And I imagine, I, I think all of you really like that episode, right? Um, I don't know. We'll I find we have, out. I think we haven't got to in our coverage yet. But yeah. yeah, no, it's 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 pretty far down the line. But it felt very predictably emotionally manipulative to me. And I really didn't like it, you know. Mm-hmm. But I I didn't think about like sangri- sending angry messages to Dave Filoni. And, this, you know, when I saw Last Jedi, I wasn't like, ah, I must, you know, Ryan Johnson must be, you know, destroyed. Like, you know, it, and I will say that it feels like odd that Kathleen Kennedy got more anger about like that movie than like Ryan Johnson did from my mm-hmm. understanding, right? It's like, yeah. Uh, Mm. But um, and then and I saw Knives Out, and I'm like, oh, dude can make a great movie. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, but like, yeah, it, it's there's 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 a big line between being like, look, you made something, and I really really don't like it. It made me feel bad, you know. Yeah. And I feel mm-hmm. like I maybe even think that was a little bit your goal, and like, fuck you for that, you know. Yeah. But also like, all right, now go about your life, and like. Now I'll go watch something else. Like I'm not rewatching this, you know, yeah. and and that's you know it's it, yeah it's like on the one hand it's like there's a you know I think there can be an impulse to tell people like oh don't take it so seriously it's just a story it's like yeah but the goal of these stories is to get you really emotionally invested in them so I think it's yeah. fine and even good to feel strongly about what happens in the stories it's right. just like then don't go around threatening people or saying bad things about them as people be like, Oh, I really don't like Zack Snyder's movies. You know? Yeah. I I think that's such a good way of putting it because that's, I I think that's true. I think like, you know, I think there's a lot of people who, who did blame Mark Hamill, for example, for what happened to Luke Skywalker, Mm. you know, instead of how, how dare he take this? He should have refused it. And yeah, I think, you know, I think, I think last Jedi is the perfect illustration of where, Luke's character would have gone. You and many others disagree, and I think that's completely legit. And I think, you know, feeling very betrayed by what happens to his character, I think, is a legitimate feeling. We should get invested in these characters. When it then becomes a Mark Hamill did this to me, you know, right. or this author. And the thing we talked about with Kathleen Kennedy, I think, is another great example of, like, one more kind of tangential part of the celebrity thing that I think is important, which is that once we get past the very specific things like of an actor or a writer, but even then, like movies and TV shows are not made in a vacuum. There are so many things happening. And yeah. like I, I, I part of why I will sometimes be a bit defensive of Kathleen Kennedy is not because I think I have just as many critiques about like what I would call the I think the Kathleen Kennedy era of Star Wars had a lot of problems at the start. Mm-hmm. And someone made the decision to have Ryan Johnson and J.J. Abrams both direct movies in the same trilogy without having much communication with each other. Yeah. And I think that's a decision that borders on, like, I was going to make a joke of criminal negligence. Like, of course, it's <laughs> not a criminal thing. But it's like, you were given a trust of these movies, and that's a yeah. horrible violation of it. I think it's easiest to think that Kathleen Kennedy is probably the one who made that decision. But I don't know. 
I don't know what the higher ups at Disney thought. Yeah. I don't know what how much like it was like maybe they tried to get them a room and just either Ryan or JJ. Like there's so many other factors to that that that's the like why I'll sometimes defend Kathleen Kennedy just a little bit is because I just a I don't I don't know how much we really know that it's her personally making these bad decisions. And then I do feel like I think it was Kenneth Kennedy. I I just I I I don't think that everyone has problems with Kathleen Kennedy's misogynistic by any means. But I think that the sort of uber narrative that is formed around her, the fact that a lot of people who are saying it are also the kind of people who say, like, women didn't have a place in Star Wars fandom, like, it's hard for me to separate those kind of two things out, you know? Yeah, for sure. It's And, it, I mean, personally, it always feels awkward agreeing with people whom I disagree with on so many things, you yeah. know? And it's like people's criticism... Of those movies being that, like, there's a black man and a white woman and, like, this isn't Star Wars. And I'm like, no, the problem is that they specifically pushed those characters away from each other because they're racist, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and that it's, like, this, like, white feminism as opposed to, like, an actual, like, inclusive, um, you know, uh, intersectional yeah. feminism. Like, you know, and... Like, I, I'm someone who very much dislikes Rise of Skywalker, and then I listen to people say, yeah, Rise of Skywalker's garbage, because Rey is garbage. Rey is not a Skywalker. And I'm right. like, no, like, I'm, not, I'm not with them. <laughs> that's not the problem. The problem is that it's like watching a video game with a plot that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and um, the joy of it is is the schadenfreude of your friends who enjoyed The Last Jedi. But <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. But yeah, yeah. I, I, totally. There's... There's a lot of times when it's like, and and I honestly, personally, this is the first time I think on a podcast I've even said the name Kathleen Kennedy because, yeah. like, I generally don't want to talk specifically about because she gets so much misogynistically tinged criticism, you know, whether that's true, yeah. the root of it or whether it's criticism that there would be any way that then carries this additional um aspect and it's like i i don't want to do that you know but like you know if you ask me like do you like what she's done with star wars no not 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 so much um yeah. i mean a lot of her earlier movies i think are fantastic and you know i mean but like but yeah people then you get this whole narrative and it's like honestly just like just show me the movie and i'll either like it or i won't and yeah. Uh, then I'll talk about it for two hours. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or years. All right. Well, we did promise this. I think it's kind of, there's a lot more we could talk about that as with everything and always uh, write in with questions, thoughts, ideas. Uh, we're going to take a quick ad break and then uh, talk to Paul about the, uh, we're taking a quick ad break and then talk to, you know, looking back at some of the old stuff we've done and, and where we think about it now. It's an ad break that goes right here. Oh, I could, like, probably put a Twitch it's out. It's an ad break going right to your ear. <laughs> All right. That's staying in the video. <laughs> Welcome back. So, Paul, you're getting to kind of go back in time a little bit. Um, I have some specific questions I want to go to you with. And, again, this was also to help fill out an episode. We've, we've already had an episode time, <laughs> yeah, so I'm not going to go too deep on this. In. Um, we might just be starting to record a second episode. We'll see how long this goes, but I do need to get some sleep. Um, but let me just kind of start. Like, what's it like going back in time? Like, I'm going to keep saying that. What's it like, like, hearing the podcast from so many years ago and, like, what you and I were both saying about things? And what's kind of experience been like? It's a trip. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, it's it's just funny 
listening to things that I, you know, I, I kind of remember what sort of headspace I was in then and you were in then and sort of how many things are the same, but then how many things are different also. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of points that we make that I'm like, oh yeah, that's, that's a good point. That's yeah. And then at one point, I think I claim that, um, Joel Schumacher did more harm with uh, Joel Schumacher's Batman's than Zack Snyder did with Batman vs Superman. <laughs> and you know what? It at the end of recording the first draft of that video, I was like, maybe I'll go back and rewatch Batman vs Superman. Um, and since then, I have come to my senses and instead watched all the <laughs> the prequel trilogy of uh, Star Wars. Although I fast forwarded through everything that wasn't Kenobi, but um, yeah, it just. You know, I, it is interesting how an opinion of something can change without, like, re-experiencing the thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and I, I can remember, basically, this goes for Aquaman too, but, like, as well, not the second one, yeah. which doesn't exist. Um, Batman v Superman, when it came out, there was an element where I was like, look, this movie isn't that bad. And I think in terms of, like, an act of filmmaking, I, I don't think it's that bad. There are things that they do with Bruce Wayne that and, you know, and Batman that just yeah. are so not my Batman. And there are choices mostly involving slow motion and telling certain parts of stories that have already happened so many times yeah. that I think are, are like... I would argue are maybe objectively bad decisions, you know, but there's some subjectivity there as well, acknowledged, you know. Um, But there was a little bit of like sort of DC defensiveness, I think, on my part Mm -hmm. in terms of that. And and even when the, you know, when the Joss Whedon Justice League came out and, you know, I I was sort of like, I don't think it's that bad. I don't think it's good, but it's just like kind of like an adventure, you know, an action movie and like whatever. And then the Zack Snyder mega cut came out or like the opposite (laughs) of cut, whatever it is when you don't cut anything and you just stretch it, right? It's like Mm -hmm. dough, like just kept pulling it with slow motion, which I, I still think is like subjectively, I think is like the most bad movie I've ever seen. But you know, bringing it back to like earlier, like I, you know, I I think I'd probably rather hang out with Zack Snyder than, than Joss Whedon. You know, I don't know that Mm -hmm. much about Zack Snyder's personal life, (laughs) but like, you know, he might be a better dude than Joss Whedon, you know? I mean, like, I I, I think one of the things that I, because I've been listening to some of your, your podcasts, your your videos about it. And and, and one of the things that makes a lot of fun is also he's playing poker and there's, there's one great time that I'll ask uh, Paul about in just a second where like, you know, playing the, the poker and the point you were making kind of dovetailed pretty nicely. One of the things that I've kind of really put together that I think you and I didn't have the vocabulary for that we now are saying a lot more, I certainly am, and I think you as well, that I'm coming to recognize an important difference between is this a well-made movie and especially since so few movies are standalones anymore, yeah. how does this movie contribute to the overall story that it's a part of? Mm, because, yeah. like, for example, I think... I think if you made a movie about some random adventurers who are flying through space to try and stop a galaxy-wide takeover by a bad person and dealing with some mystical stuff and they were going to have some adventures and they were going to have a good guy, a bad guy turns sort of good again, that Rise of Skywalker 
would be a perfectly fine way to spend a couple of hours. Right. There's a lot of humor. The spaceship battles are really well shot. The the plot's kind of inconsistent and wacky, but especially but if you sever it from everything Star Wars related, yeah, I think it's a fine movie. And I think, frankly, a lot of the acting performances, especially by Ray Finn and Poe, are really quite good. I think Attack of the Clones is a movie that, like, contributes far more to the Star Wars. Like, I think it is a helpful addition to the Anakin story and to the Star Wars story. I think technically it's an awful movie. Right. I think the dialogue and the the acting and the direction make it borderline unwatchable, you know? And 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 so it's kind of like looking at the and I think to me I think BVS is kind of in that like BVS to me has a lot more awful slow-mo than Rise of Skywalker does, but mostly I dislike it because it's so very much not a Batman that I recognize in any way shape or form. Um, yeah, I think that's a really good distinction to make. Um, I mean, when we were doing the Obi-Wan Kenobi podcast, right, you were talking about yeah. the sort of feeling like the sequel trilogy, but mostly that the that the sequel trilogy doesn't necessarily like all fit really well with the rest of Star Wars canon. And doesn't yeah. necessarily take it somewhere that's really constructive. Like just from like the the I was gonna call it the Phantom Awakens. No. Um <laughs> the, from the Force Awakens, which is basically let's just reboot things, but not really reboot it, right? Like right. but all of those movies are well made, right? Yeah. They are they're executed well. Like Attack of the Clones is just all like proto green screen, like it's just like Mostly CGI, people working in front of, you know, just these not backgrounds. And then then the, the dialogue is bad. And, like, like Natalie Portman isn't even good in it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like to... to it, you have to be a very good director to squeeze any... To, to, to make Natalie Portman not act well. Right. That's, that's a skill. That's its own <laughs> skill. That's very niche. Very niche. But, like, it, you know, it just... But if you just say, okay, these things happen, and then you show me the Clone Wars, it's like, oh, yeah, good. You know, like, Riki was making a, a point on the Kenobi cast that, you know, that he's, like, happy that all those things exist because of the th other things that we get from them, kind of, right. right? And, and yeah, like, if you told me, okay, you can either not have the prequel trilogy, and then you don't get Clone Wars or Rebels... Or you can have the prequel trilogy, you had to watch it when you watched it, and then you also get these fantastic animated shows. Like, yeah, that's a okay, deal. I don't have to rewatch the prequels again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. And like the sequels, like, did we get The Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett because The Force Awakens came out mm -hmm. and was successful, and The Last Jedi came out and was successful, and Solo came out and, oh, bombed. Um, yeah. <laughs> Maybe, right? And if so, okay. You know, I can decanonize anything I want in my head, you know? Right. And it's like, that doesn't have to influence how you feel about it. It's just how, you know, like, the last season of Dexter did not happen in my version of Dexter. Yeah, that's fair. Sorry, you that's know? Fair. And and the newest one definitely didn't happen. But I I, I just think it's like, yeah, sometimes something... I mean, and, and you know, granted... Talking about the the sequel trilogy, it is kind of like those, mm -hmm. um, you know, 
one of them I feel like steps on the narrative and the other one you feel like steps on the narrative and something definitely steps on something. Yeah. Like no matter I mean you can enjoy all of them but you can't yeah. really argue that they all fit together really nicely. Yeah, right? I mean and that and that's where I think like each movie I think is quite well done cinematograph, you know, cinematography. Oh, yeah. Headphones are my headphones are having trouble. Oh. You know, I think each movie is well done individually. Like you know, I know people who hate the last Jedi and think the Holdo maneuver makes literally no sense, but we'll still be like, but cinematographically, like, yeah. In terms of yeah. <laughs> cine- in terms of movie making, like, yeah. that shot is just fantastic. Like, and there are people who will say, yeah, and I would agree, I, that's fine too. I, I feel more negative feelings towards The Last Jedi than perhaps any other film that I've ever seen in mm-hmm. terms of, like, the movie itself and the story. And I think there are parts that are visually beautiful, you know? Yeah. I think there are scenes that are very, very well executed. I just don't like the story, you know? Yeah. And and there's some things I – have, I have some other complaints. But, like, yeah. yeah, in terms of just, like, objectively people doing their craft outside of the writer's room, like, yeah, yeah it's a really well-made movie. And I think that's a good way to transition to kind of one of the other things I want to ask you about. We're going to truncate this a little bit because we can do more of it uh, next time. Uh, actually, no, I'll, I'll be this way. And, and, you know, that one of the other things I wanted to ask you about, I think we're going to wait for next time. I think we're going to try and do a little bit of these, like, kind of, you know, drop in one or two of these things at the end of most episodes. But I really enjoyed hearing you uh, go back to listen to our coverage of Suicide Squad. Oh, yeah. Because, um, and granted, you had a little fun with me with a name. Uh, I referred <laughs> to it as Suicidal Villains. I mean, uh, you had a little yeah. fun with the name. <laughs> yeah, also true. Also true. Um, I had a lot of fun with names until someone pointed out to me there's this thing called search engine optimization that I should be <laughs> caring about. Uh, so we're going to be a little more boring with the names going forward. But Because one thing I, – I, I'll be curious to hear your thoughts about this. We'll save it for another time. But if you want to say a quick word about it now. But for me, one thing I realized is the, the – uh, yeah, I'll just throw it out there now. We can at least have a quick chat about it. One of the things I disliked most about the original Suicide Squad movie – was how much, at least as I saw it, it romanticized and sexualized and kind of made sort of a like, oh, if you're really weird and screwed up, like Joker-Harley are like relationship goals, you know? Mm, Right. And the fact that later movies have made so very clear how toxic and awful that relationship was makes that part of Suicide Squad a lot more appealing to me, like a lot easier for me to watch. Yeah, I can see that. Um, You know, I mean, I didn't, quite have that feeling when I saw it the first time, but uh-huh. I, I do recognize that, you know, how, or yeah. how it can be interpreted that way. Uh, you know, um, I, I felt like there was, there was like some romanticism, but then also I think it's evident that some of the, you know, the negativity there, right. Right. The, the, the harm that's being done. Mm-hmm. But I absolutely think that birds of prey and the suicide squad, uh, perf- they 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 take that first movie and they put it in a very different context. I think a much mm-hmm. better, more interesting context, and I I think that's powerful. You know, mm-hmm. and awesome. and I yeah, that's the thing about these movie series is that one movie like it just it it always it's a thing on its own, and then it's like how does it interact with other yeah. movies? And I think that. Um, that's, that's important, you know, and, and it's, it's interesting how that works and it can go both ways though, right? Like later movies can kind of step on earlier movies, like say the rise of Skywalker, like oh Anakin, we don't care about your story. You were, you're just like a footnote, you know, you didn't really kill the emperor. That's not going to matter anymore. Right. Exactly. 
Anyway, th- there's a cool Speaking story of- that I want you to talk about. Oh. Speaking of Kill the Emperor, I just want to say that we got some positive feedback on your title for the episode, Who Can We Kill? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is about the opposite of that, but, you know, it's I, I think that was an excellent title, so I wanted to give, uh, you know... Yeah. Um, and I want to give a quick shout-out to your coverage of that, because, it, yeah, that episode is all about, like, how is it that Hollywood sort of codes villains in different ways to say it's ethically okay for our heroes to kill these people mm-hmm. and how that can be manipulative and, and just the questions of like how do we like in Suicide Squad for example like you know when good people you know normal people are brain controlled is it okay to kill them and all right. that but <clears throat> one of the things I really appreciated there because I do think it shows a lot of the growth there uh, that's happened with both of us and with our podcasting there's a moment where I make a comment about uh, meat eating and and you you today kind of stopped the podcast no actually uh yeah, it was about something. No, the, yeah, there was one thing about mediating, and then also about something else. Um, but you kind of like stopped the podcast. I'm like, you know, at the time there was a comment that you you decided not to make, but that you wanted to make it now and talk more about sort of why you know that the fact that animal life isn't regarded as important to you um, was matters. And I, you now talk about that a lot more on the podcasts. And I I I, I was realizing when when in your video it's confusing because we're talking about so many different things sure yeah 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 you sort of are like yeah i i wish i was talking more about you know animal rights back then and i was like wait but you aren't oh, okay no yeah that's right like it wasn't as much a topic we talked got about got into a couple years ago so yeah. yeah so i just thought that was a really cool moment and and one more reason why um <clears throat> i really appreciate the way you explain sort of why this issue matters to you and why it bothers you so much um and so i think it's one more reason to check out that that particular episode cool thanks uh, yeah it's so- two i cut it into two episodes because yeah. we talked about it for like two hours. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, at least we don't do two-hour podcasts anymore that uh, as we often. come close to the 90-minute mark. <laughs> so let me ask you to do that kind of, kind of transition. Sure. Um, so we'll, we'll have more of these stories to kind of an, and, and commentaries back and forth. But just for those folks who are uh, newly hearing about it, what is Poker and Podcasts? And what are you kind of trying to do on that? And just in general, Zen Madman video creations uh, about these podcasts. Yeah. So Poker and Podcasts is a series mm-hmm. That I started a week or two ago where I sit down and I play a couple tables of poker and I listen to a podcast that Matthew and I did in the currently distant past. Well, five years, (laughs) it's not really that distant, but over time they will become more recent and eventually I might start listening to some other podcasts um, and I I might listen to some of the ones that I wasn't on as well because I I took a a hiatus for a while Mm -hmm. and um, you know, and, and I occasionally pause it and comment on either things that I, there's, I mean, every podcast I'm on, there's always like five different things. I'm like, oh, I should have said this. I should have said this. And so I, I try to kind of add some of those things and then also be like, oh yeah, that was a really good point. I'm glad that someone made that. And then, um, just as often like, well, actually blah, 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 blah. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of fun, uh, for me and, I'm curious how people enjoy the format. Like, they've gotten a little bit of feedback, but not a ton, obviously. Um, you know, st- still a small channel. So mm-hmm. if people do check that out, just let me know. You know, you can comment on YouTube or you can at me on Twitter, Zen Madman. Or you can email Matthew at the, the Matthew place uh, that we'll <laughs> get in a moment. Yeah. And Matthew uh, you know, just kind of let me know, like, yeah. I like this format or like, uh, why don't you play chess instead or whatever, yeah. you know? And uh, cause that's on the table, you know, I, I'm 
interested in basically taking the old podcast episodes and turning them into videos without necessarily just having a slide that's like, this is this podcast episode, and then like playing the podcast, which is also an option. Like we can do that too. But I just think having them available on YouTube, it's just, you know, I mean, they're already all the places that podcasts are available except YouTube. So, (laughs) you know. Yeah, it's been options. a lot of fun. I'm really glad you're doing it. It's kind of fun for me to get to listen and to hear your thoughts about it, even though sometimes I'm like, well, I, I, I can't get you yeah. what's happening, what they said, and I can't I can't. That's what the comments are for. Yeah, you'll see. Uh, get some more people in the comments just so I don't look like a lunatic for having like eight comments in uh, their, their, their <laughs> We videos. got one or two people who've been, uh, yeah. you know, uh, complimenting great. your sartorial choices, I, I will say. Yes, I, which I appreciate, which I appreciate. Yeah. So thank you all for that. Um, all right. Well, thank you all so much, Paul. Thanks, as always, for being a part of this. To our listeners, what do you think about this? What do you think about the Amber Heard trial? Are we, are Paul and I both fools for not paying more attention to this? Are we paying, should we never be talking about it on podcasts like this? What do you think? What do you think of the celebrity culture and Kevin Spacey and Joss Whedon and Kathleen Kennedy and all this? What do you think about the stuff we talked about with poker and podcasts? Let us know. If you go to theethicalpanda.com, there you'll find all the different ways to contact us, Twitter, Facebook, etc. You'll also find there um, all the different ways all the other episodes of podcasting that I'm doing on this podcast, on the Star Wars Universe podcast, where we're doing a lot of coverage of Kenobi. Uh, we're going to be coming back. I'm going to be coming back soon on uh, PandaVision, I believe it's going to be. Where we're going to be talking about The Boys and Umbrella Academy. Um, I also might be doing some stuff on Ms. Marvel. Uh, Stranger Things is out. Uh, there's a new Top Gun movie out that was such a big part of my childhood when I was eight years old that I definitely want to talk about that again. There's a lot of content happening in June. Not to mention, it's a Pride Month, and so we'll probably talk about that. Or, or you know, we might talk about Queer Pride. We might talk about Queer Wrath. We'll see. Um, both both are sort of uh, uh, good contenders for attention uh, this particular year. So check out all that at theethicalpanda.com. Please go to youtube.com and Zen Madman and hit like, hit subscribe. Do what you can to support what Paul's doing there on Twitch as well, but especially on YouTube. Check that out. Check out all the other podcasts. And most importantly, the thing I'm going to really ask you to do whether you're on Team Amber or Team Johnny, whether you're on Team Kathleen or Team Filoni, or Team Kennedy versus Team Filoni. I was going to say Team Dave, but that didn't sound right. Whether you're on Team Matthew should do these long, drawn-out things, or Team Matthew should shut the hell up so you can get on with your day, have a nice day. Who can we kill? (laughs) 